Hey there, you don't know me, but my name is Kit Bodner. I'm the CMO at HubSpot. I'm also the host of a podcast called Marketing Against the Grain. Marketing is ultimately at the crux of everything. Whether you're trying to go viral on TikTok or add another zero to your business's bottom line. And my co-host and I are completely obsessed with keeping up with the latest marketing trends and tactics to help you get the extra edge. We're about to play a short snippet from one of our episodes. And if you like what you hear, make sure to search Marketing Against the Grain in your favorite podcast app, like the one you're using right now. All right, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to a special episode of Marketing Against the Grain, live from Zap Connect. We have a very special guest. We're here with May Habib, who's the co-founder and CEO of Writer, a generative AI platform. And today we are talking all about where we're at in the AI hype cycle. We think we're up here at the peak right now. We've got people freaking out, believing that AI is terrible for knowledge workers. We believe the exact opposite. We believe AI is going to usher in a new breed, a new era of marketer and knowledge work, and that marketing is going to become more important than it has ever been before. And we want to help you win in this new age. And so with that, Kieran, thanks for having me at Zapier Connect. I am so, so excited to be here. Yeah, May, Kip, thank you for joining us. This is our favorite topic not just new technology, but also hype. Kip and I love the hype, May. And so we are like peak hype. It's like, I don't know if you saw the recent movie on Apple about the Beanie Baby hype, where people were going crazy buying Beanie Babies for thousands and thousands of dollars. Peak, peak hype. And there's like two core parts of this. I think two really great stats that have kind of helped us see just how hype this kind of technology is. ChatGPT, we know that really that started as a demo project, launched in November, really ushered in a whole explosion of new apps, got to 100 million users faster than any other app, has 1.6 billion visits each and every month. It's a top 20 website. And of course, capitalism is incredibly efficient, right? Wherever there is hype, there is VC investment. And over 18% of all investment in 2023 so far has been in AI companies. It's 25 billion total investment. So we're seeing like this avalanche of hype. But within that, there is real transformational tech. And so what I would love to do today is maybe lay out for our audience where there are going to be losers in the technology platform shift that is AI, and there's going to be winners in the technology and the platform shift that is AI in terms of like how you market and grow your business. And we would like our audience to be on the winning side. Maybe first thing before we get into that, May, you are, you know, at the epicenter of AI. You have an AI company. You're helping people to accelerate writing, grow their businesses. What's it felt like over the past six months to be like in the epicenter of what's going on right now? Yeah, thanks for having me, Karen and Kip. And hi, everybody live. It has felt amazing. And it is so fun to watch the early people who took a bet on AI win and win big. So many of our customers with applications in production that they've built on Writer and, you know, starting like two and a half years ago are now sharing AI centers of excellence and speaking at company all hands and really showcasing what's possible. I feel like they're, you know, profits from the future as far as everybody else in the company is concerned. And that's really the biggest one is is watching that happen. And then, of course, for you know, everybody at Writer who chose to work at an AI company before it was all the rage in the center of a global conversation, you know, I just feel so much validation on their behalf. And then, of course, like lastly, you know, taking advantage of, of the opportunity and really trying to, you know, both put a product in market that is really human first, expert first, 
and really paint a, a methodology and adoption of AI that is human-led and human-centric. You know, I, I do feel like we're pretty unique at that. And it has been just super fun to see, you know, all these things develop over the past six months. Yeah, wouldn't trade it for anything as much as we would all love to get some sleep back. <laughs> I can't imagine. I feel like, May, I've talked to you a couple of times and you've been globetrotting the world. You've been everywhere. It feels like you probably have lived five lives the past six to 12 months. So thanks for taking a few minutes with us. Three cities in each of our three last conversations. So for exactly. Sure. That's right. It's crazy. So I think the thing that we would love to do for the audience is every time there's a huge shift in technology or platforms, there are like winners or losers. That's just part and parcel of what there is. Yes. Kip and I have been in marketing for some time. I think that we probably benefited from the shift to the internet. Let me just kind of give a little bit of a story on why. So when I started in marketing, previous to being a marketer, I was a software engineer, right? I graduated from college with an honors degree in computer science. I'm the only person on LinkedIn to put their specific grade because I got 69.33% and that was a 2-1. And 70% was a first and my friend got 70.05%. And I've never, never got over that, like less than a percent away from being a first. So I want to put my actual grade on there. But it turns out, even though I got such a good mark, I'm a bad software developer, right? So I just was not a good software developer. And so I went into marketing. And actually, because of the popularity and growth in the internet, I think marketing shifted from being like very artistic and creative to being both artistic, creative, and very science data-driven, right? And, and I kind of benefited because I could be at the intersection of that. I could bring my engineering prowess to it, but I also had a lot of creativity. I've always enjoyed creating content. And I think that was like a core thing that benefited me. I want to try out something on both of you, which is, I think my first kind of tip in terms of who will be winners and losers, I think the winners are the people who now live in the intersection between art, science, and AI tools. And I think there is a real advantage to knowledge workers and in particular marketers to being able to adopt the bleeding edge tools and figure out how they can integrate them into their day-to-day -day work. And I think that that is going to be the future of marketing, which is like you have the art you have the science and you have these AI apps that allow you to automate a bunch of your work, integrate AI and to build great customer experiences, just do better marketing and much faster and much better and much more iterative than any of your peers who are not doing these things. What are your thoughts on that? Maybe we'll kick off May with your thoughts and then we can go over to see what Kip thinks. So, you know, I think I'm going to argue with the premise of the question, Karen. I love it. Please oh, do. Let's um, go. You know, I agree the peak of hype. I do agree that we are at or at least approaching the peak of hype. But the fact that there will be winners and losers on the other side of, you know, this cycle, who are the losers of the Internet? Like truly, like when we think about so much of the framing of new technology waves is about winners and losers. But I would argue that like very few people lost because of the various shifts that the Internet caused. And, and I think AI really? is going who lost? The yellow pages. Most people who were intermediaries, right? Distributors, people who really lost because of the relationship of direct consumer. Like, I agree with you that way more people won in the internet than lost, but there were still some fairly big losers that happened, both I think in the world anyone of marketing who, and in business. Any marketers, if you look at just marketers, any marketers who couldn't transition to digital, and there were a lot. I think there were a lot of people who struggled to go from marketing offline to marketing online. So... When we set up a challenge, who are the winners, who are the losers, it almost sounds like, you know, to be a winner is this huge competitive advantage. I actually think this era of AI is so obvious 
and so easy to bring into a workflow that is really going to be about degrees of winning and speed than it is about winning and losing. We do a lot of customer spotlights, and it's like the most frustrating thing to interview a customer now because you ask them about ROI, which is a very essential part of making the case to buy software, especially in this macro. And like every CMO we talk to is like, May, I know what you want to hear, but what do I say? The ROI is instant. Like, it, how do you calculate like overwhelmingly instantaneous ROI? You can't. And that's, you know, I, I sound like a hype girl. Um, and I just said we're at the peak of hype, but these are really the realities. And, you know, I think very few people who actually love the craft of marketing, right? The art of marketing, the creativity of marketing aren't going to win. I think that I agree with you on, May. And, and, I, and I love something you said a few minutes ago. You talked about how the early adopters of these tools feel like profits, like they, they're able to see the future within these companies, right? And one of the things we know in any kind of transformation is those who change early succeed. So it's like the profits make profits, right? Like they, they are actually the ones that are succeeding and growing. And what I, I guess, would love to hear from you is like, one, you're kind of pointing out, there's a lot of nuance in the winners and losers. There's going to be kind of degrees of winning and losing in this AI era. But like, what are these profits? What are these early adopters? What do they all have in common besides like a deep passion for marketing and technology? Like if somebody's like, oh, I want to be like that, what are the traits of those people look like? Because you're seeing them every day. Yeah, I think there's an impatience here. Oh, I love that. That really characterize. And I didn't think of it till you just asked me that question, Kip. But like, as I really think about the folks who are doing amazing things with Writer and probably other AI things too, but I think, you know, uh, I'm familiar with, with our Writer champions. They're so impatient. The plan they have for end of year, they want to see it now. Plan for 24, like they want to start to see early results. Like they're just impatient for that future to be here now. And as a result, this is why I think the folks who are early win and win big, the use cases reveal themselves the more that you master like the most obvious ground in front of you. And I'll give you an example. Anna at Commvault, brilliant CMO, very, very competitive category, security software. And like one of their big things that they wanted to do was just automate a lot of the top of funnel stuff. And, you know, this is not, you know, we're not kind of a platform that soup to nuts is banging out an 1800 word blog post. Like it's it's a much more nuanced, sophisticated kind of AI into the, the human workflow. But as soon as they did that, it was like, okay, what's next? And now they've got this incredible app on Writer that helps their salespeople, right, answer sales enablement questions and actually almost be like this content factory drawing from their persona work and their messaging work and everything they've ever written that they love. So we never would have gotten to that use case for them. And I don't think they would have like point blank without having experimented first. And so, you know, the advantages of generative AI compound not just for folks like us, where we use generative AI in our own building of our product, but for our customers who also let it reveal more and more ways in which they can scale what it is that they are doing to get to their objective. So I think impatience is really the most helpful characteristic that I could tell you that, you know, unites them. Yeah. Yeah, there's some things in there that I think that we likely do have agreement on, which is I really believe that fast movers have such a huge advantage in the AI era. And the reason I kind of had those three circles with the intersection is because AI technology and the adoption of it quicker means you get that fast mover advantage much, much sooner. 
And I think the laggards are in a really tricky position because everything gets commoditized much faster, right? Because AI allows you to do things much easier and can allow marketers to replicate each other much faster. And that maybe comes on to my second point, which is I think that AI turns every marketer into a creator. And I'm going to kind of pass it over to Kip because you had a really great point on this. But when you look at the tools that AI provides us, whether they are imagery tools or video tools or writing tools, and you look at what's happening, which is like the, the kind of traditional brand channels are under a lot of pressure, right? The traditional search engine, the blue links, they look very antiquated when you use an AI search engine. The AI search engine is much better experience. Like it takes the information and then it formats it and gives you a clear and concise search other than when it hallucinates. And I think we'll figure out those problems. Paid advertising is going to commoditize to a point where the only thing that will really matter is like the budget. And when you look at all of these kind of platforms that are growing in popularity, the YouTube, TikTok, all of these platforms, even Twitter slash X, they are favoring creators and they want you to stay with on their platform and they want you to, they are incentivizing creators to actually create content within those platforms. And I think it forces every marketer to become a creator and to be really incredible at content. And I have some other thoughts, but maybe Kip, you had a really good thought about this. I'll pass that to you and then we can kick off to me. Yeah, yeah. What I would say here, it's, it's kind of funny that we've made this distinction between marketers and creators when actually creators are just this generation's marketers, right? Like creators are doing everything that a marketer classically has done. They're telling great stories that their audience wants. They're looking at data to iterate and improve those stories. They are deeply building communities and managing, engaging those communities. They're focused on how they monetize that audience in that community in smart and thoughtful value-added ways. That's what every company wants to do. I believe in the future that you are going to be a creator and a marketer, or you're not going to be a marketer. There's not going to be room in marketing for people who aren't essentially creators. And one of the things I loved, May, about the point that you made a little bit ago around the sales enablement example is those creators don't all, that doesn't mean they're like taking over YouTube and TikTok all the time. It means that they're creating, they could be creating amazing persona sales enablement work to enable a team of thousands of salespeople, right? Like the one thing that I love about AI that I think you're seeing that I'd love to hear more about is like, it's bringing much better alignment across organizations when it's really getting adopted. Yeah, I love that. And I think one of the reasons it's bringing alignment is folks who didn't used to talk to each other have to talk to each other yes. about making rules and guidelines around generative AI use. And, you know, part of this is a little annoying, right? Everybody setting up these centers of excellence and task forces. And some of it at big companies is feeling like work about work, which is like, you know, nails on a chalkboard to a fast moving marketer. But it is forcing the right conversation. And you definitely want to have alignment with a technology team that could shut down any usage, right? Or a sales team or a product marketing that like could go rogue or decide to do something else. Like the forced company alignment on what are our tenants around responsible AI use? What is going to be allowed? How do we talk about hallucinations? How do we make sure everybody understands the gotchas of AI? It is forcing alignment around what the opportunity is as well, to your yeah. point, Kip. So I, I do think that is a, a unique moment in technology. Yeah. Scott Belsky had a really good article recently that talked to this, which is collapsing the talent stack. And like internally, 
And externally, AI kind of does that because AI kind of erodes the barriers you would usually see between roles. Like a really great marketer, coming back to reinforce my point of the three circles, but if you really <laughs> understand the AI apps, the marketer can now build much more of the funnel, right? Because they can actually build automation, custom apps, things like that will actually get the person all the way maybe through to actually buying the software. Like a lot of the traditional sales outreach can be actually automated. That person can maybe even do some of the customization and automation for some of the initial support. And even internally, I think that's a great point, May, is like it's starting to force teams to maybe rethink how we've kind of drawn these silos between different teams. You do your thing, I do my thing, and somehow it all kind of meets up in the middle. And I think AI is a great forcing function to force us to like rethink about how we do that externally and internally and like collapse that talent stack. So like we have singular teams who can really own the entire customer experience. And so we're not kind of shipping our team org. So there you have it. That was an episode of Marketing Against the Grain. We work really hard getting you the strategies on what's working today in marketing so you don't have to. You want to hear about AI and marketing? We've got you covered. Brand campaign dissection? We got that too. And a ton more. Just search Marketing Against the Grain wherever you listen to podcasts.